Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Michaels, and I'm so grateful that you're here again today. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Um, I've got a wonderful conversation to share with you guys today with Katie Grosso. Katie is a spiritual wellness coach. She takes a mind-body-spirit approach to healing issues with both food and body, and that includes binge eating, yo-yo dieting, natural weight loss, and eating disorder recovery support. She also coaches people interested in exploring the emotional side of chronic pain and other physical manifestations. After she recovered from a decade of eating disorders... She found herself with chronic back pain, acne, and panic attacks. This led her on a healing journey that has culminated in an integrative approach that allows her to help her clients heal their lives and thus their bodies. Katie is certified in eating psychology and mind-body nutrition through the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. She is also a graduate student in clinical mental health counseling at University of Colorado, Denver. So um, the reason I brought Katie on the show today is because I went to, we've been following each other on Instagram for a while, but I went to check out her website the other day and I read her story and her story is almost identical to my story. And one thing I want to say about that is, is that so often we are in our own little world, our, our lone wolf world of chronic pain or eating disorders or, um, you know, anxiety or whatever your flavor of TMS might be. And we feel so alone. We feel like we're the only ones that are dealing with what we're dealing with. And I think now that I've done it, there is a certain power in sharing your struggles. There is a power in being vulnerable and opening your heart to trust that whomever you share your story with will greet you with open arms or a me too, or a, oh my goodness, I know three people who have struggled the same way. And suddenly you are not some, you know, lone wolf in the middle of the woods on your own dealing with this horrific problem in your life. You are normal. So, um, so yeah, so if you are in this space of feeling shame about your pain or about your struggles with your health, um, I invite you to be open and honest about it. And if that means just being open and honest with yourself or open and honest in a journal or open and honest with your spouse or open and honest with your kids, you know, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised to know that support waits for you on the other side of vulnerability a lot of the time. And if you don't have a safe space, please join us in our Facebook group, Mind Body Masters. Mind Body is one word. It's turning into a lovely little community uh, full of support and, uh, you know, announcements of well being. So, um, join us there and, um, I'm there as often as I can. I'm trying to, um, take a little bit of a Facebook sabbatical. It's interesting how, um, swept up in 
TMS posts you can get. So um, if you're listening to this today and you find yourself on Facebook uh, most of the day, like even at work, you know, kind of checking every couple of minutes, um, you know, I invite you to turn your notifications off at least because <laughs> it's amazing how how many hours you can spend swept up in that world. And although it's a wonderful community to be a part of, and there's a lot of great TMS support groups out there, um, you know, it's, it can serve as a distraction. And I know for me, it's one of my current addictions and, um, and I'm working on being more productive in my life. And so I realized that I had to change something. So I'll be checking into Facebook, into the group once a day maybe twice a day. Um, that's my goal for this, uh, holiday season. And so, um, so if you relate to that, join me on my little Facebook sabbatical. (laughs) I think, uh, yeah, social media addiction is, uh, the current most acceptable addiction out there. Um, and you know, it's like we get that dopamine fix every time we see a notification and we feel loved. I was watching Seinfeld the other night and he, Jerry was doing a skit about um, answering machines and how if you don't see that little light flashing when you come home, you feel like you don't have any friends. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, that's like Facebook notifications now. You know, we just we get that little fix of of, um, I guess, love, you know, Um, but I'm trying to give myself more love. So so we're going to see how that goes. And uh, I hope you give yourself some more love, too. And even if you don't know how that feels, um, you know, give yourself the gift of presence with yourself. And that just means being being with yourself without needing to, you know, find the distractions around you. So, all right. So on that note, a little bit of a tangent. Sorry, everyone. We're going to get into the interview today. Here's Katie Grosso. So I'm here today with Katie Grosso. Katie, I am so excited to have you on the show. I've been following you on Instagram for a while now. And one day I just decided to go check out your website. And as I was reading your story, I like just couldn't believe how similar it was to my own. And so I just wanted to kind of bring you on the show today to share your story with our listeners. Um, because I know that we can all kind of feel alone in our stories. So it's interesting doing this work. I'm finding that my story is pretty common. Um, So can you just share your story with our listeners today? Sure. Um, Well, I'm so excited to be on. And it's interesting, too, because I found the same thing. The more I share my story, the more I find that this is, you know, a pretty common story. And so many of us are just you know, suffering in silence kind of. So, um, well for me, it starts back about when I'm like a freshman in high school and kind of my mind body syndrome journey started with an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can kind of talk about how that's all related because I don't know if, um, people who are just getting into TMS might not see that as an equivalent, but, Mm um, yeah, it started off as just kind of um, dieting. I started binging and then I started dieting. And it was very much my understanding of what was going on was 
on the physical plane, right? Like, oh, I just, there's something wrong with me. I can't control myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when about, there was three years of that and increasing depression and self-esteem issues because, you know, feeling out of control and I would, I gained weight. Um, And then my senior year, I went through a period of restriction and kind of lost weight. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in, in my own world, everything became better because I felt more confident and all these things, though, of course, I'm struggling with an eating disorder that's getting worse. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of that summer, I uh, threw up for the first time and then entered a period of bulimia, which lasted for about nine months um, into my first year of college. And then it got so bad um, it actually kind of stopped working for me. Right. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to throw up anymore, but the binges, you know, I couldn't control the binges. So then I gained a lot of weight, um, over a short period of time became really depressed. And that's when I kind of went home and went through recovery for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, so that was kind of like cognitive behavioral therapy and really helped, yeah, really helped kind of me sort out just things from my childhood and like the black and white thinking that holds a lot of eating disorders in place. And I was good for about two years. And then um, kind of the bulimia came back, which lasted for another two years. And then um, I, again, it stopped working. I became really bloated, which, um, is interesting because like kind of in the eating disorder community, it's called bulimia bloat. Mm. And it's just like, you know, this reaction that your body, I guess, makes to having, you know, what you've, the behaviors you've been doing, mm-hmm. but I see it now as a TMS manifestation. Sure. Um, so that was pretty traumatic, right? Because here I am controlling my weight in all these ways. And then all of a sudden I look like I'm six months pregnant yes. and I can't control that. And then, that was really the moment where I, uh, again, kind of, I entered a pretty depressive period at that moment, but it was also a moment where I was able to say like, okay, I, I kind of give up. Like I'm not, this, this doesn't work for me anymore. And, um, for me, it's like, as, as much as I was able like to recover, but it's also, I stopped believing in that, in that way of, of manifesting kind of my inner emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so once you were finally able to kind of stop that behavior, um, you know, did you still struggle with kind of like this disconnect with your body, like any body dysmorphia or like kind of this, um, internal war against your own body? Like, did that still, was that kind of still in your mind body system at that time? Oh, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because looking back now, it's kind of fascinating. So about six months after I make the point to say like, all right, I'm not, I'm not going to purge anymore. Mm-hmm. And eventually the binge is kind of even out because I did intuitive eating and, and really, you know, allow myself to eat all sorts of food. So the behavior evens out Mm -hmm. and I'm in a good place with food. But, um, 
I still have a lot of like stress and anxiety. I'm in my last semester of college. Mm. I don't know what to do. I'm still experiencing the bloating. Mm. You know, I also had acne. So it's like, you know, TMS manifestations, even though I didn't know that then. And then about, um, again, like six months after I stopped um, the bulimia behaviors, I get back pain. Mm. Um, So definitely still in in a vibe of uh not liking my body very much and yeah. feeling like it's always betraying me right right yeah and so then the back pain how long did that go on for before before it started kind of worrying you or interfering with your life yeah so um it originally i originally injured my back when i was like 19 or 20 which is interesting again, because that was around the first time of the first recovery. Um, yes. And like, I always thought like, Oh, that was an actual injury. And now I kind of think like maybe it was TMS all along. Um, so like I heard a pop, I was like doing Pilates class and, um, I went to physical therapy and I was fine, you know, Mm -hmm. like it got better, it got better. Um, so it wasn't until several years later, um, that it came back and I, I was like driving in the car, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't do anything. Uh, and it was like crippling pain worse than it had ever been. Mm. Um, and like, it was also a time period like where, I don't know if I didn't have insurance or something. Oh, sure. There was some issue going on because I'm like finishing, I'm finishing college and it's like, so now I don't really have resources to deal with this. And I feel like, um, I felt like the people in my life were invalidating like the amount of pain sure. uh, that it was. You're too young. And it's a, <laughs> yes, exactly. And like, um, uh, I would walk everywhere with this backpack, which of course I'm like, 24 at this point, which is, you know, the last thing someone at 24 wants to be, you know, like carrying around my back pad. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's sexy. Right, right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I kind of, um, I don't know, like I was always, I went through phases of like trying to figure it out, like trying physical therapy again when I got insurance um, or like just researching different things but I I think mostly I felt like depressed and and resigned about it and mm. um coped with it a lot by you know drinking wine and, and smoking weed I live in sure. Colorado sure so yeah yeah did you find um marijuana to be any help at all during that time or was it more just like it kind of took your mind off of it um, it definitely helped yeah. until it started giving me panic attacks. Oh, sure. <laughs> and then after that, I would just get panic attacks without smoking, oh. which is another one of my, I see that again as a, as an equivalent. Symptom impairment, um, yeah. But yeah, it helped with, it helped with the pain. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was just kind of this idea, like here I am 25, like, uh, I grew up horseback riding. It's one of my big passions. Like, am I ever going to be able to do that again? Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so how did you finally kind of happen upon the world of mind body medicine? Yeah. So I remember Googling one day, 
I was like at work and I think I was just in pain and just Googled like stories of people who healed from back pain. Because mm. as I'm sure you're aware, the internet is filled with lots of doomsday stories yes. uh, that can really just overwhelm you. So mm. I Googled something like that. Um, and I came across someone who said they read this book. And I knew even before I got the book, just from this guy's description, I was like, oh my God, that's me. Yes. Um, and then I went and got the book. And then within, you know, I just think I was in a space where I would, I was like open to believing that. And it's so clearly described who I was. And I always just thought it was bizarre because I'm like, how I like, I didn't injure myself. I shouldn't right. be dealing with this sort of a thing. Right. Um, and of course, having had an eating disorder, I could, I could really relate to the idea of, you know, the emotional issue or whatever. Mm-hmm. So within two weeks, I was, I was fine. Wow. And so did you, yeah. did you have like a, did you get rid of your back pillow immediately <laughs> or did it take you a while to let go? <laughs> No, I, so I stopped using it, but I held on to it for a very long time because like, <laughs> it's, I don't know where we, my mom bought it for me. Yeah. And it's like, ever since then, it was like, I tried other backpacks and it was this only specific one <laughs> that like was, was it worked well. And like, I, you know, we couldn't find it. We couldn't find it after that. So like, I held on to this thing, like if I lost it, I would be doomed. So I did hold on to it after a while, but I don't have it anymore. (laughs) Oh, it had your mom's healing energy in it, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Your mom's (laughs) intention. So one thing I'm curious about, so you mentioned acne being one of your symptom imperatives, and this isn't very widely talked about in the TMS community. And I think there's a lot of people who maybe doubt that it's TMS. Um, so what's your perspective on acne as TMS and how did that particular symptom affect your life at the time? Yeah. So, um, I definitely see it as all related and this whole journey has made me realize that anytime there's a physical manifestation, that means there's, you know, to me, some psychological, emotional, spiritual imbalance Mm -hmm. that I probably need to address. Mm -hmm. Um, So interestingly enough, like the acne I felt was like some kind of joke or something, because here I am like, all right, I've accepted my, my body. Right. And one, one thing that I've never really had too much of an issue with is my face. So I'm like, let's have some, you know, acne to the point where I have to put on makeup and I feel bad about going out. And now let me obsess about this new area of my body. Um, but which makes sense because I, you know, like my system knows like, oh, if we do something on her body, like she's going to believe that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I have a lot of belief behind that. Um, and it's a, it's another thing where you can get super obsessive into it. Yes. And also like it can also get into my it can feed the remnants of an eating disorder, right? Sure. Like, oh, well, you know, it's because of sugar or you're eating this or try an elimination diet or, you know, you can really get wrapped all up into that. Yes. And so for you, what was, what was your way of finally kind of 
um, dealing with that particular symptom? What kind of mind shift had to happen? Well, um, for a while, I tried to specifically like work the Sarno principles on it. Mm. And that didn't seem to work as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it could have been because um, like, uh, sometimes it's like hard to not focus on the physical when we're like denying it or something. Or like we just get too wrapped up on the fact that it's there. So for me, it was actually more helpful to just kind of ignore it mm. um, and really minimize its its importance in my life. Yeah. Um, and that kind of worked because I was also continuing with um, not only exploring kind of, you know, like the, the roots of things, but also like just looking at my current life and like, okay, I have a job that I don't like. I don't know what I, at the time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, of course, those things are going to cause symptoms. Yeah. And so nowadays, if a symptom arises, what does your body typically tend to show you? <laughs> so I'm still like my last thing is like digestive issues. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Every once in a while, I'll get a tinge of back pain, but that's kind of like, oh, that's funny. Right, right. <laughs> Um, and so in, so the digestive issues, is it kind of like a, an IBS thing that comes and goes? Yeah, generally, um, it'll be like bloating or constipation. Mm. And for a while, I, you know, I would say like two years ago, maybe I got pretty wrapped up in that. And I did go through a process because there's not a lot of information in the TMS community about IBS. Like it's mentioned in a couple of the books, but you don't read a lot of success stories. And that's really, I find, um, you know, what helps us believe, right? Like when we hear someone like, Oh, they had all the symptoms I did. Right. Um, so, you know, I went to a naturopath, I did a lot of elimination diets, Mm. um, And that helped me to a point realize like, okay, doesn't matter if I eliminate dairy, gluten, soy, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. legumes, I'm still having the issue. So then I was able to really see that it was obviously um, TMS, but then being like the classic TMS personality overachiever perfectionist type, (laughs) I (laughs) got caught up in like, there must be something I'm missing, right? Mm -hmm. There's some unconscious thing that I am am missing, which is causing this symptom. And then, you know, I like went to therapy again and tried isolation tank floating and Mm -hmm. um, different forms of hypnotherapy and read a bunch of books and visualization, all these different things, which again, I think just got into this, obsessive place, which is feeding Mm -hmm. that and this idea there's, there's something wrong with my body. Right. And so coming to a place of acceptance almost with like, like my stomach's doing what it's doing and I'm just going to be here with it. Is that kind of where it led you? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And now, um, really trying like, um, so intuitive eating is this thing like in the eating disorder world, right? That you, you stop taking outside information like about diets. Mm. You really start to connect with, with um, your own 
inner hunger signals and, and, and what do you kind of want to eat? Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm, and I've done that for years and now I'm really trying to lean into like the intuition part of it, right? Like intuition as like a feeling within our body and, um, kind of like working with pendulums and, and, and muscle testing to really like really connect with that deep knowing and apply it to, to what I'm eating and asking myself what I want to eat just as kind of like as an experiment, but also this idea that we already have everything we need to heal. Mm -hmm. Um, just kind of about connecting to it. Right. And so I was reading one of your blog posts the other day talking about how, you know, we can get into that place of trying to dig and dig and dig for the unconscious emotion that's the cause of everything. What are your thoughts of the continuous digging and digging and digging? Like, like what are your perspectives on that? Yeah, so I've done a lot of digging. <laughs> um, and I've really wrestled with the idea of, um, you know, am I, is something so unconscious that it's blocked? And I, you know, I've read a lot of Freud. I was a women and gender studies major. So I read a lot of Freud in that. I'm now um, a graduate student in counseling. So like to me, and of course being someone who's had TMS, like I, I love that idea of the unconscious, mm -hmm. but I'm also a spiritual person. And mm -hmm. I also really appreciate that perspective and how, you know, we're creating our reality with our thoughts and our emotions. So I think it's a delicate balance. And I think you really have to, again, kind of rely on that inner knowing to, to help figure that out. Yeah. Because I've definitely gotten a trap. I think, I think it also depends where you are on your journey. So yeah. you're just coming across your back pain or whatever manifestation that you have. Yeah. Let's, let's go look in the unconscious because yes. that's definitely going to be a factor, but you're just cleaning up little things like, well, if you keep trying to go back, then again, I think you're kind of, you're projecting out into the world. Like there's something wrong with me, mm -hmm. you know, which is not helpful energy. Yeah. And then I kind of wonder, um, and this is a wondering, I haven't really found a ton on this. So there was a question in one of the forums the other day, kind of getting to this idea, like, if I have a boring life, can I have a TMS symptom? Mm -hmm. And I kind of wonder about, like, creativity, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe you've cleaned up a lot of of your stuff from from past hurts or, or unconscious anger. Pretty good handle on that. But your daily life is, is the way you're showing up in your life is, is not the full expression of yourself. Like mm -hmm. I can see that as a potential area for exploration too. Yeah. So have you kind of honed in on your own creativity in this process? Definitely. Um, that's been a more recent, um, uh, like exploration. And I think kind of the work I do now is definitely that. And like, you know, writing the blog post mm -hmm. and also just, um, for me, of course, with a history of eating disorder, I've been so, uh, numb to my body yeah, and the sensations within my body. And I think that's a huge part of healing, but also to realize like, um, I've realized within the past year, like sometimes I'll just get like a, like a sensation, like, Oh, I want to numb that. Like, 
Yeah. Oh, I, I want to eat something or I want a glass of wine or like, oh, what is that? And I've been able to notice that sometimes I feel that. And I also feel like, hmm, maybe I should work on my novel. Ah. But then, you know, ego comes in and is like, oh, my God, you can't do that. Like, it's, <laughs> it's too hard. It won't be fun. You don't know what you know. So I think like creativity has some sort of physical sensation or maybe it's related to emotion or I don't know. Those are my, yeah. my musings on it yeah. at the moment. So you're writing a novel, hey? <laughs> for, for many years, we'll oh, say. Nice. <laughs> and it's not just a novel. It's a great American novel. Obviously. <laughs> well, I can't wait to read it. <laughs> uh, so, um, so let's see. One thing that I love about your work is that you bring in the spiritual component. What does that look like for you and your own like work on yourself as well as your work with um, people that you coach? Yeah, so um, I managed to heal a lot of things like through like traditional routes, right? Like cognitive behavioral therapy and then coming across TMS and learning the mind-body connection. Mm -hmm. And yet I was still existing in a world where I looked around and I was like, this is a terrible world. Terrible stuff is happening. Like I felt a lot of fear, Mm -hmm. um, negativity and judgment and of course when you're holding that like you can't be your most healthy expression of yourself because again in your mind and then in your body you have that fear and judgment and negativity so um i came across the secret which is a popular law of attraction movie Uh which i think is a little materialistic but it gave me the general like idea um and i was I was able to go from really denying the existence of anything to thinking kind of like, oh, well, maybe there's some random benevolent force for good that like wants to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what this path has really helped me do, and it's also what I do with clients is like, we, we have to hold so many like negative thoughts in our head and we think, well, that's just reality. And what we don't realize is that when we're holding all that negativity, we're also manifesting that in our bodies and in our lives. Mm -hmm. And to be able to really start shifting to a more positive place, um, you know, especially like with pain or, or food issues, right. To go from saying like, well, I just, you know, I have this back pain and it hurts so bad to shift into like, well, maybe the final thing is right. And, you know, maybe, you know, I can heal my pain. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's a completely different perspective. And it's like, that's the place you need to be in, in order to heal. So, and the other thing too, that it did for me is, um, it's just, I realize now having quite a bit of space from the, the food issue that like, in a way, it's so comfortable to, um, be like, Oh, I have this issue with food, right? Like I binge eat. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my problem rather than like, to me, what is existential anxiety about like living in this world? Right. And if you mm-hmm. don't have a, you know, the spirituality provides me with the answer that I needed to that, to feel some sense of like control and that things were going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which helped replace, right. The the, you know, I felt the food issue, the chronic pain, those were also placeholders. Um, 
that stabilize my, my organism in a maladaptive way. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to look at it. I love that. And so when you kind of look at people with like back pain or eating disorders, do you now kind of see those as just, um, almost like spiritual up leveling where they're kind of like, like more in a space of opportunity rather than victimhood? Oh yeah. I mean, just in my own journey and in other people's journey. And and obviously having started a podcast, I'm sure you feel this way that it's like, it's, it becomes a calling, right? Like, um, and for me, it's a bit of a, a feminist issue too. Um, obviously because I'm a woman and food issues tend to affect more women. Um, chronic pain issues tend to affect more women, anxiety, you know, like statistically. And I feel like it's like our power is getting played out through these physical manifestations, um, rather than out in the world and in our families and in our work, you know? So, So when you were growing up, did you have a lot of, um, like, did your mom or your grandmother, did you observe any food issues or pain issues with, um, the people that kind of raised you? Um, not pain. I would say, you know, my dad was on diets as a kid. So I think it was more my, my father that I got that idea from, Mm -hmm. but also, um, I just had a ton of anxiety yeah. um, as a kid, which I just didn't have, didn't have the words for. Yeah. Um, and so, um, let's see, one thing I was going to ask you, so you posted a blog post the other day, and so you'll understand this question just based on that blog post, but I just wanted to ask you, <laughs> what to you is the answer to almost any problem? <laughs> And you'll get that. You'll get that. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I follow Louise Hayes and thinking it's self-love. Yes. Um, and that uh, it's just, you know, we, we like we get all these cultural messages that we can hate ourselves into the body that we want. Yeah. Um, even with like chronic pain, right? Like I thought like, Oh, I'm not healing my back pain because I'm not forcing myself to do these physical therapy exercises that I hate, you know, like, Oh, whereas really just, um, having compassion and acceptance for ourselves. And I also see it as universal, you know, and this kind of gets back to the spirituality thing. Like I got to a point like, okay, I accept myself. I'm, I feel love for myself. I'm no longer in this pit of self-loathing, but then I feel so much animosity towards the world or fear. And that, you know, that all comes, that's within ourselves and it all comes back to us. So it's so trite. And my former self is, you know, (laughs) probably like barfing inside of me, but you know, it's, it's all these cheesy things that I think actually do have, have meaning. Yes. But we hate, I think, that things can be so simple, right? Like the surgery, in some cases, for a lot of people, is more acceptable, despite how complicated, dangerous, expensive, mm-hmm. than like entertaining, you know, 
Sarno's ideas. Yeah. Or entertaining being kinder to yourself. Like that's such a hard yeah. thing. That's such a hard thing for people, I think, just to be compassionate to oneself. And um, so when you coach people, do you ever get into a space where maybe you're recommending journaling and they do it for a while and their pain is still there? And do you ever ask, you know, kind of specifically what they're journaling about and if it might be like self-deprecating? Yeah. So I kind of, well, I kind of hedge that on the forefront because I do think it's important to emote in our journaling, Mm -hmm. but I also think like you can get stuck there where like there's expression And then there's like, I'm actually now just affirming everything that's wrong. So I do try to balance. um, um, And this is the book, Unlearn Your, Unlearn Your Pain. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll forget his name. Schubiner, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, He, you know, like you emote for a while and then he has like affirmations, like expressing this helps me feel better or something. So I think it is important to balance it that way. And then the other discussion that I really have with clients is about like, um, you know, to me, journaling is often like a cognitive expression of emotion. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you can get some, maybe you cry a little, maybe you do feel the anger well up, but it's also important to have some sort of practice where you really feel into the body and feel the sensation in the body because emotions are the language of the body. Yes. And um, I think many of us who have these different manifestations, manifestations tend to be people who, um, you know, have, have tightened and constricted and shallowed our breathing over the years that we just, um, you know, our interoceptions, our ability to kind of feel into the body is, is lessened. And that's kind of a skill we need to build. And the more you can embody and, you know, um, be able to feel like, oh, I feel anxiety in my chest. Um, the more you can release them. And the other thing that people don't really know is that, you know, you can release an emotion from your body without really understanding like, oh, I'm sad because of blah, blah, blah on a cognitive level. And you actually probably, do you see that in your work? um, I do, yeah. As an acupuncturist? Yes, a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, yeah, just working one-on-one with someone is so powerful because you can... um, you know, mirror back, you know, to one another and hold space for one another in a way that you can't necessarily do in your journal. And you can allow that emotional experience to rise up. I I had a patient the other day who came in for the first time and little did she know she was going to get, um, you know, a mind body lecture. Um, (laughs) And so we're talking, we're talking about (laughs) life, we're talking about life and, and all of that. And all of a sudden she's like, she just starts bawling and she's like, I don't even know why I'm crying. And I'm like, I am holding space for that. Like, this is just, this is what, this is what needs to happen. It doesn't matter why you're crying. Just this is a safe space for that. And so, um, so yeah, I think sometimes we try too hard to intellectualize the emotions, you know, and without really like stepping into a space where let me just be open to feeling this right now and letting it rise up, um, and come, you know, come up to the surface without burying it. And that's definitely, like you said, a skill that needs to be developed because it's not easy. And most of us have cut off our connection to our bodies that way. So, yeah. yeah. And I think you bring up a great point about like, 
how it can happen like in relationship, like to another person, because like in my own experience, like I'll try to journal, you know, and like, Oh, I can feel a little emotion. Not really. Then I go to my therapist who works somatically and, you know, I can express it. So I think there is like something to that. And maybe it's like, we have all these like ego checks of, um, blocking our ability to experience that maybe. It's interesting. Yeah. And so, Katie, you kind of work one-on-one with people. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your coaching practice and kind of the kind of client that you typically work with? Yeah. So there's kind of two parts of my practice, which I see as connected. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not everyone does. Right. Um, The the majority tend to be people who have um, an issue with their relationship to food. So like binge eating, emotional eating yo-yo dieters, maybe somewhere on the spectrum of eating disorders. Um, And that work is kind of um, really focusing on like shifting, you know, your energy around food and body. Yeah. Um, And really finding the, again, like the emotions that need to be expressed, but also the limiting beliefs um, that are holding the issue in. You know, a lot of people have beliefs like healing has to be hard or like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm always going to have an issue like this. I always have, you know, all the women in my life that I know always have had this issue. Um, Leaning into like the spiritual principles and understanding why, you know, a diet, diets don't work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially when it comes to like compulsions, so like binge eating or some sort of binge purge, um, cycle you know like what you're saying you know that's not a diet's not going to help you with that and energetically when you're on a diet like what you're sending out is again this like something's wrong with my body Mm -hmm. Um, I deserve to be punished I'm unworthy it's mostly in an energy of punishment rather than you know like I'm I'm, I feel inspired to eat this way right Um, (laughs) yeah so kind of talk around like um not resisting compulsions and a lot about like self-image you know like how we how we see ourselves is is who we're going to be mm-hmm. um yeah um and then the second component of your coaching is more like the body the body side yes so the second part is um my pain clients yeah. and i do notice um an overlap there so a lot sure. of times um, they each have histories of the other, um, like myself. Yeah. And for the pain part, I do incorporate the spiritual concepts, but a lot of it, they usually find me at the beginning of their journey. So it's kind of psychoeducation around the, the Sarno stuff, um, the emotional work that we just talked about. And also I find, um, it's important to have, um, like a space to build belief, right? So when sometimes when you're working with principles by yourself, you can get lost in like, oh, well, maybe it isn't this because of this one specific thing, like mm-hmm. like I did with kind of the IBS symptoms, right? Oh, well, I haven't really heard a lot of stories about this, so maybe it isn't. Right. Um, so I find that working, when you work with someone, it's a little easier to build that belief and, yes. and stay steady in it. Beautiful. So Katie, how can people find out more about you? How can they find you online? Yeah, so I have a website, katiegrosso.com. Um, I'm also on YouTube. 
and Instagram and Facebook as the Katie Grosso. Okay. Beautiful. I'll put links to everything in the show notes if people want to kind of find out more about you. And you do offer like a free 15 minute consultation for those that are interested, right? Yep. Beautiful. Well, I will link to all of that. Katie, any last words for our listeners today? No, I just, I just so appreciate this conversation because like you, I'm just so passionate about this and I appreciate you having a podcast and, and getting the word out. I just, I mean, imagine a world in which this is common knowledge and people understand yes, this. I, it looks a lot different. It does. <laughs> like I can't, like I, as you're saying that I'm imagining just hospitals kind of falling to ashes. <laughs> like people yeah. would, people would need so much less care, you know, because we start to care for ourselves. So yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you so much. This was really a beautiful conversation and I hope to have you back on someday. That would be awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I can't tell you how much I love and appreciate your support and your listenership. Um, I'm one lucky lady. Thanks to Katie for um, joining me on the show today. That was a fun little conversation. And yeah, if you need help and support, Katie is available to you should you find yourself uh, feeling called to see her. Check out the show notes to get all of the links to her on social media and her website. And we will see you all here next week. Bye.